Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. All right, welcome, welcome everyone. Uh, uh, hello, Robert, in the chat. My name is Jason Hunt, and uh, we are going to experiment something here. What? Tim has no sound. Oh wait, um, where's Tim's sound? Try Tim. Try try now. Hello? Where's hello? there? Hello. It is. Speaking words into the microphone. Oh. I hit the wrong button. My apologies. I'm Timothy Harvey. Damn it. It's the, it's it's the virus. The computer has a virus. It's going I, around. Yeah, I, I, I hear, I hear it is. All right. Hopefully now that gives us everything that we need to have. Is that does that sound? Or you sound better, folks. Hopefully you can hear us all. Mrs. Mrs. Boss is uh, monitoring our our program. He needs to be louder. All right. Well, let me. All right. Let me do that. He's too far away. She says. All right. Try it. Try okay. that now. Certainly, I can talk and say a few words. Hi, folks. This is another H two O podcast or video if you're watching it on YouTube Live because you can do that too. And hello, Robert. Thank you very much for pointing out the audio issue. We don't always catch that stuff. We're getting there. Our end. We're getting there. So, getting there. What? And uh, so tonight's episode, since we really ought to jump right in here, uh, we've talked about things you should be watching or trying to catch up with if you're stuck at home. There's a few things we probably wanted to decide we wanted to warn you against. It's going to be really, really easy sitting there on your couch, stuck at home in the middle of all this stuff going on, <laughs> and think, well, I can just watch this movie that pops up in my Netflix, you know, recommendations or. Or, you, know, you get bored and you decide you want to find out who this Yui Ball person is. And uh. there's. <laughs> look, so there's there's some stuff that we're going to recommend you don't indulge yourself in unless you want to, you know, give yourself some mental anguish. Um, and maybe some alternatives if you find yourself thinking, I want to watch a bunch of video game movies. Although well, there are a, there are a couple of uh, a couple of things that are. Uh, probably going to fall into the category of guilty pleasure, perhaps. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Because no kidding. And, they're and, and, just look, so bad, but you still want to watch them? Look, everything is subjective here, right? So I, there are plenty of bad films that I enjoy, uh, and certainly there are bad films that you probably enjoy. And if you are someone who... you Look, if we manage to sit there and say that that guilty pleasure of yours is something that other people shouldn't watch... <laughs> It's not personal. It's an opinion, and I'm sure there's plenty of films on my list of guilty pleasures that you're just going to be like, <laughs> "Why would you do that to yourself? Yeah. Have you no shame?" Well, and and the other thing too is, no matter no matter who's uh, watching or listening, everybody is probably going to have one of those lists. Oh, of course. Um, of course. I mean, so you know, you know. Well, and some of this stuff turns out to be fairly timely because. We've heard some of this stuff pop up in the news lately about production stuff coming in, and we're getting certain things. If your opinions are wrong, I unsubscribe. <laughs> well, you know, no pressure. Um, and uh, well, if what is it? If uh, if he if he dies, he dies. Uh, is, is the punchline to the old joke? Uh, sure. It's not a great joke in the current circumstances. I'm my apologies for that, but I understand. Uh, you know. I, I'm willing to take that risk. I'm willing to take that risk. I'm I'm being told you might need to be a little bit closer to your microphone still. So, we're folks. We're still playing with uh, the the new configuration since Tim's moved. So mm, you know, if no you question. Bear with us a little bit on that. But um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things. I mean, I've I've got a few that are you know, sure. yeah, I wanna I wanna we all watch. Do. But um, now, those of you who are watching. You may have noticed the countdown clock that's up at the top of the screen. We are experimenting with something tonight 
just basically trying to keep ourselves on task, on point a little bit better. And um, it's it's something we're experimenting with in, in the context of a greater conversation that we're having about a, a new thing that we're looking to try. So we're going to be doing little bits and pieces throughout the throughout to kind of figure out some best practices and some changes to uh, the channel. So uh, Tim does <laughs> Tim actually does not turn into a pumpkin when the timer goes off, but Mindy might. <laughs> so because we'll get right to nine o'clock and it's about that's what we call pumpkin hour around at the house so. you know through the, through the magic of video technology if i had something orange <laughs> but i own no orange clothing um i i can't go hunting uh not because i well, i don't particularly enjoy, never particularly enjoyed hunting but um no i i i, I own a lot of earth tones so i'd probably be uh uh, probably be an accidental well, uh, casualty it, of the hunting season. If you need something orange, thank you for that setup. If you need something orange, you could probably find something at superherostuff.com and you use use the promo code sci fi for me ten when you check out and you get ten percent off your order. See how I did this there. <laughs> See, it's because we are trained broadcast professionals here and we know how to do this stuff. It's it's synergy. It's creative synergy back and forth between the two to the two brilliant minds. Problem, Robert, and, and, and this is uh, in in the chat here. Um, the problem is I don't actually own any any leotards. <laughs> um, although back in my high school theater days, there was a there was a children's show that we did that unfortunately someone surely has photos lurking around, and about half the cast, including myself, were in fact in. Um, various forms of leotard, uh, and uh, I'm sure that some embarrassing photos are looking. It was a fun show, but still. I have one experience with tights during a Romeo and Juliet production, and I said, never again. <laughs> never again, because it was October in Oklahoma, and it was cold. I would have, yeah, sure, of course. Um, <laughs> and so that's really why. I don't want to do it again. Sure, of uh, course. No, I understand. So let's. Um, I, I since I mentioned Yui Ball, and uh, uh, I might as well just start right there. Sure. Um, so <laughs> for those of you who aren't familiar with who Yui Ball is, he's a German filmmaker who discovered the incredible power of the German tax credit system, uh, and basically managed to get the rights to a lot of very popular video games early on when people were trying to get their video games made into films and if you've ever sat there and went you know there just aren't that many great video game movies guess what there's a lot that are very bad and uh yui bowl i'm not gonna say well no i will say he's the king of the bad video game movie i would say so um and on my list of probably and it's so hard to pick which terrible adaptation of a popular <laughs> video game yui bowl is responsible for and he's one of those people who, you know, do you think he was he was a confrontational person before the Internet actually was a big thing? Oh, yeah. So he only got worse once he actually had a platform where he could rail at his critics. Um, but in truth, in fact, um, Mr. Bull, if you feel so inclined to yell at me, I'm not going to change my mind. This is really bad. Uh, <laughs> so if you he, he um, may he may challenge you to a boxing match. Uh, you know what? I cheat though, and I will happily uh, throw something at him from a distance. I uh, I'm good at running away as well. Um, <laughs> Alone in the Dark was really kind of one of those fantastic uh, horror uh, first-person games. Really, just early on, it mm. was a just I mean a huge fan base, and and really just for its time, um, a really effective horror. Or a video game. Um, it was made into a terrible, terrible film in 2005, starring Christian Slater and Tara Reid and Stephen Dorff. Ooh. I mean, we're talking a cast of people who actually um, have been in good movies at various points in their lives. Um, not a lot in some cases, uh, but uh, you know, there was, there was a time when Christian Slater was a big deal, and he certainly has had some good TV work over the years and things like that. But this is this is just as far as a video game adaptation, not only does it ignore the source material, <laughs> yeah. 
but it actually actively ignores the source material. I mean, it's almost like you know, he saw the name of the game and a couple of the names of the characters and then made a film which is neither scary uh, nor interesting, yeah. nor well-written, nor well-shot. Um, <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure there's anything going on with that film that is worth watching. And it's not even a guilty pleasure movie. It's just a grimly bad movie. And, and to answer uh, Sci-Fi Snob's question, that, that w- you would be thinking of Usain Bolt is, yeah. is the runner from Jamaica, I do believe is how his name is pronounced. Us- right. Usain, yeah. Usain Bolt um, mm-hmm. was a, fant- a fantastic athlete. I mean... But yeah, Uwe Boll, I think I might have seen one of his films. And you know, I, I have, I really would have to search to see if I've actually seen any of his stuff. Because the Sci-Fi Channel ran, ran all the time uh, stuff. And if I remember right, and and it's very possible that I'm that I'm remembering this backwards. Um, uh, what's her name from Terminator Three? Uh, she played she played T, the TX. Oh yeah, she was in one of the Blood Rain movies. She, yeah, she was she was the lead, and then she was also in Painkiller Jane. There were two. Shoot, what no, was there her were, name? There might have been three Blood Rain movies, um, and. Uh, I I can't confess to have seen. I I had given up on even just considering the possibility of watching a Yui Bull film. Yeah. Because honestly, uh, the first one that I saw was House of the Dead, and I'd played House of the Dead, so it was a game I was actually familiar with. And this is another one where where Bold apparently decided that if he just threw a lot of uh, uh, oh I just don't even a lot of garbage at the screen and, and tried to make it work. <laughs> Jurgen Prochnow is in it though. It's just yeah, well, he, he play uh, uh, and uh, Clint Howard are, are both in that film. Um, Jurgen Prochnow plays a boat captain named Captain Kirk because <laughs> of course of he does. Of course he does. Uh, uh, yes, these are, so, Christana Loken. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's unfortunate because I had never particularly thought of her as a terrible actress, uh, but I don't think her career really went anywhere after. After Painkiller Jane, she sort of disappeared. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I don't, I don't think she was that bad in Painkiller Jane. The problem was that Painkiller Jane just wasn't particularly written well. Yeah. Oh, was she in Iron Sky? Uh, no. Um, Robert has said he may have a fondness for lesbian vampire Nazi movies, and sci-fi snobs suggested well, that's, Iron Sky. So. That's say again. We're in the guilty pleasure territory <laughs> there, and, and I actually I enjoy the Iron Sky uh, film too. Um, but um, if you have to watch, so here's here's my flip side of this. If you have to watch a video game movie, and there are, admittedly, there are not that many great video game movies. It's an unfortunate the the translation from game to film has it's been really really rocky. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we had of course heard that we are uh, excuse me. <sighs> We are getting reboots or remakes or sequels to a number of video game films supposedly in production. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Silent Hill is getting... Christopher Gons is coming back to Silent Hill. And the first Silent Hill film is not a perfect video game movie or a perfect horror film. But in terms of capturing the mood and the tension of the game, it does a pretty good job. Yeah. And certainly it is a, a visually very, very interesting movie. Fantastic cast. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's not as faithful as some players would like, but it's hard to make a game with branching, you know, storylines be, have a definitive movie. Um, but I think it's actually, it's one of my favorite video game films adaptations. And it's actually a really solid horror film. Again, mm-hmm. not perfect, but the fact that, you know, we're getting a, a, new Silent Hill film from the original director because Silent Hill 2 
is not a good movie. <laughs> and uh, it's it's one of those you just it's it's like The Exorcist too. It's like la 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 that it never yeah. happened. Um, Robert but, said uh, he's plagued watched Castlevania by far the best video game drama he's ever seen. Really liked it. Okay. Really. Um, and and speaking of sequels and Christiana Locken, um, she's been in. Uh, she's actually got some stuff in pre, in pre-production and, and announced. So she's still been working. But the last time that I saw her in anything, and I will admit that, that it kind of freaked me out a little bit, was four years ago uh, when she showed up on. Girl Meets World, which mm-hmm. was the sequel to Boy Meets World, mm-hmm. and she was playing Minkus's wife. She was married to Minkus. And it took me all of five or ten minutes before I recognized her because, you know, we're watching it because my kid watches all of the Disney stuff when he was that age. And it's on, and it's not a bad show as far as sequels go that reboot, you know, you pick up the the kids when they're older. and It it does a fairly decent job. And Minka shows up with his wife and says, gosh, she she looks really familiar. Who is that? Who is that? Oh, my! That's T3! That's that's the Terminator! What's she doing there? It It was a rather startling moment for me. Sure. Sure. Um, I will. It just... uh, yeah, it's always strange when you when you see those folks and it yeah. doesn't quite. Well, you see somebody out of context. You mm-hmm. know, you're used to seeing somebody in a science fiction setting or a horror setting or, you know, pick your, you know, fill in the blank and you see them someplace else. Right. And you don't recognize them. It actually goes the same way seeing an actor. And seeing them out in street clothes, out in public, where mm-hmm. nobody recognizes them much. So, um, I will. Uh, I will go ahead, and, and we also heard that uh, Dieter Laser died earlier uh, last week, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, of course, the star of the Human Centipede films, which I, despite the fact a friend of mine is in two of them, uh, one of the actresses in uh, the films is someone I've worked with before. Uh, and is a really, really nice lady. I've actually enjoyed her company quite a bit. However, <laughs> the films are terrible. Do not, if you've never seen the Human Centipede films, don't. I just, I'm sorry. There, there's, aside from the shock value, there's nothing worthwhile about these movies. <laughs> Funny story. Um, there is, uh, there. we've touched a little bit on crowdfunding comic books and and the different indiegogo campaigns that are out there one of them is a guy named cecil and mm-hmm. uh not in, not the cecil that we know but this guy named cecil he's he's put together this this book called cash grab and one of one of the perks was for i think a thousand dollars you could have your face drawn onto a human centipede cover I thought, yeah, um, that, that's why, that's a thousand. Why would, I would you never give anyone for anything? I know. I was just like, oh, okay. Well, uh, okay, sci- uh, sci-fi snob. The the answer is enjoy your company means that when I worked together with her on a film several years ago, she was fun to talk to. Um, <laughs> that's what that means. Uh, her name is Ashlyn Yenny, and she's an actress out in in L.A. And she's uh, uh, she was just a lot of fun. She was very. It was one of her. She had just done Human Centipede. And then she came to Kansas to do uh, a film that I was the art director of. And so uh, we got to work together in uh, some adverse conditions. It was very, very cold uh, when we made that film. And uh, we survived and it was kind of a uh, uh, experience that a lot of, a lot of us worked through. Uh, my friend Dustin Adair, who I do some apocalypse now with actually that was the first film he and I worked together on and we actually the film we became really good friends on so um, it was a uh, uh, Ashlyn was not originally cast to be the lead in that film and then she became the lead uh, and she did a fantastic job and that it's a uh, I'm not American Maniacs is the name of the film I'm not so here's the thing it's out there in the world on video and demand I'm not sure I'd recommend it because it's an <laughs> odd movie and I, I mean I, I'm proud of the work I did on it and the production design I did for it but at the same time 
um, there's not really a slot on the video shelf for tragedy. Hmm. And that's this is a film where the store, I mean, the, it, it's it's like watching a Greek tragedy as a modern horror. And that mm, it's it's a hard film to enjoy for that very simple reason, because there's right. no spoiler alert. Nobody gets out. OK. <laughs> and it's it's a tough film to watch. But I mean, like I said, we're really we're I'm really proud of the work. I, the production is work I did. I think uh, there are shots in that film that I'm like, that looks great. And I did that. So but you know. now um, speaking of Dustin and, and guilty pleasures, doesn't he have on his list? And I have to I have to think about this. Doesn't he have on his list Lex? Well, we bought TV show. Just, yeah, and I've seen like I, I've watched Lex too. Um, it's a it's an example of '90s science fiction that uh, you know the we don't really have a budget, the special effects just aren't really there, and we're kind of just throwing everything we can into just the craziest storylines we can do. Mm. Um, it has its entertainment value, but I'm not sure I could. I mean, I won't. I can't say it's good because um, I'm I'm not sure it's good uh, but I, I, I certainly enjoyed it I mean it was kind of a uh, think Futurama if written by somebody with a kind of a hatred toward all living things I mean it's <laughs> and, and kind of funny I mean it's 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 a weird show I'm, I'm not sure I can recommend it but it's um, if you enjoy it, you know, it's it certainly, you know, it has its fans and yeah. I'm, I'm not sure I could recommend it for myself, but if, if you enjoy it, by all means, it's kind of like Cleopatra 2525. It's, you know, you're, if your taste skews toward this, this silly, which actually, um, it's, it's interesting to note that Cleopatra 2525 features, um, what's her name who plays Zoe and, uh, Firefly. Oh, right, right, right. Um, um, for heaven's sake. And she was in Suits. And now right. she now she had that series where she was going to be a judge. I can't remember her name. Um, uh, yeah, it's, off, it's gone out yeah. of my head, too. Somebody somebody in the chat can, can let us know on that. My, for me, and you talk about some of these really bad films that have uh, names that you would recognize in them. Uh, for me, it's hardware. Ni- see, I like hardware. See, I nineteen ninety. This thing, Gina uh, Torres. By the way, Gina Torres. Yes, um, the the one of the few movies that I did not finish was Hardware. Um, it was for me, and maybe it's a slow burn. Maybe it's a really slow burn, but I'm maybe uh, 20 minutes, half an hour into it, and nothing's happened yet. I, I thought it was one of the most boring rip-offs sure rip of Terminator. That, well, if for whatever reason, I, I, remember, I remember renting it because this looks pretty interesting. Okay, it's a Terminator rip-off. Okay, we'll try it. And I put it in the machine, and I'm playing it. And for whatever reason, I just got so disgusted with it and stopped watching it maybe 20 or 30 minutes in. I don't know. And it could very well be that I could pop it in now and, and be okay with it. But um, but Dylan McDermott is in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, those, yep. you, you may know well, him from... Dylan McDermott, John Lynch, uh, Iggy Pop does one of the voices, mm-hmm. plays the radio DJ. Um, I actually enjoyed that film quite a bit. Um, it's not a Terminator ripoff in any way, shape, or form. It's much more insti- inspired by the British 2000 AD. In fact, I think there was a, it, yeah, it was it was, was it was lawsuit. based on based on a short a short story that was published by them. Called well, yeah, it was Shock. based on without, it was based on and not used by permission. Uh, they lost the they lost the lawsuit uh, for oh. that because they sued him. Um, but it's. Uh, I mean, it's it's again not a perfect movie, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. And it's directed by Richard Stanley. It's it, well, and it was one of the films that made Richard Stanley be, you know, like for a little bit. It was like people were like Richard Stanley's got all this, you know, potential and all these things. And then of course, 
you know, we had Island of Dr. Moreau and it all went to Rai. <laughs> um, but I mean, there's actually, um, actually, hang on. Is it now what Island of Dr. Moreau? I don't know how this is going to translate, but this painting that I did um, is actually um, got part of this is I did this right after watching Harvey. And this whole, it's really dark, so it's hard to see in... in no, in I think way. we can see it. We can see it okay. Uh, but it's, uh, there's a figure who's sort of a skull-like figure and a reaching hand. Uh, I, yeah, I've got an art degree, folks. Um, but uh, this painting is actually one of my, uh, uh, was sort of inspired by hardware because the, the, uh, the antagonist in hardware is a, killer robot spoiler alert mm. for a 1990 movie uh and it is uh it ends up building itself out of spare parts resembling itself it's got this long neck which sort of just was just you know uh there were times it wasn't a particularly great effect all the time but there were a few times when it moved really really creepily and i thought that's really interesting yeah and so that painting kind of came out of that um so i have a fondness for that film and this is not to say it's a great movie because it's budget shows, or it's it's relatively small budget shows from time to time. And uh, I, at a certain I, point, it ends up being a, we only had the money for this much set. Yeah. I may be persuaded to consider possibly maybe watching it again just to try at some point. What um, we ought to do is, I, is you and I watch it and then do like a running commentary. <laughs> um, we can do and we can we can we can see if it's if it is because I haven't seen it in probably about ten years yeah. so we can see if we see if it if it if me watching it now Make it uh, a, I enjoy it as much and you watching it now you not you you enjoying it more I mean, yeah well we can do a, a at H two O watch party on a weekend or something Every, we everybody everybody hit play at the same time we could do that. <laughs> Now I do want to flip around uh, because I mentioned the Human Centipede. There are it's a body horror movie, right? And there are better body horror movies out there to spend your time with if that's what you want. Uh, the Thing, of course, sure. Uh, and Reanimator. Dive into you know we we lost uh, you know um, Jeffrey Combs. We lost uh, Gordon, and Gordon, this yeah. is the film that kind of put him on the map with horror fans and certainly with Lovecraft movie adaptations and considering how many bad Lovecraft movie adaptations it is, the fact that one of the most popular ones and one of the most successful ones was, a, was from the stories that Lovecraft personally disliked that he <laughs> wrote um, but they, you know, they paid a couple of bills, so wow. uh, you know, they were... Well, that's usually how it works right? I mean, sure, it's but, like, you know, oh, again, okay I'll do this movie. Oh, it's right. a hit! But yeah, so if you want, you know, if you if you've got to have the body, if you feel the, you know, the urge for body horror, mm -hmm. there you go. Um, another one on my list is the remake of Planet of the Apes. Which one? The um, the Tim the Burton Mark Wahlberg one. one. The Mark yeah. Wahlberg one. Yeah, that. Mm. As as much as you know, as impressive as the makeup effects are, that's the only thing that recommends that movie. And it's got it's such just, a nonsensical mm. plot. There's a plot? There is a plot. It's poorly plotted, yeah. but there is a plot, and it's just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's its a its a terrible version of that film. But no, the, the production design on it's actually pretty good. The makeup effects are pretty good. A lot of the, 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 the fact that in many ways, visually, it is... Um, fairly faithful at least to the concept of the original movies yeah um well and this is before cg so it, there's still people in ape suits and again so. another film with a fantastic cast and you could see how as an actor you could be persuaded to be involved in this um but yeah no it's a very poor script yeah very poor yeah well and and sci-fi snob points out the humans talk in that one which well you, yeah but there's i mean it after a certain point you just can't pay attention to anybody's dialogue because <laughs> none of it is is worth paying I attention know, right now robert says uh i enjoyed sir arthur conan doyle's white company which he loved and hated sherlock holmes hmm. i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to look at white company that's not that's not one that i'm that i'm familiar with 
Well, and it's easy to forget that, that Doyle had, Conan Doyle had a lot of other things. One of the reasons that he killed off Sherlock Holmes, uh, Reichenbach Falls even happened, is that he was tired of writing the, writing the character and annoyed that people weren't paying attention to his other work. Yeah. And so he actually has a, a larger body of work than a lot of people do realize. Um, of course, he was the creator of Professional Challenger. Um, and, uh, you know, there was certainly a a larger audience out there for his stuff. But, yeah, I mean, sometimes you create a character like Holmes that just overshadows everything else. Sure. Um, books. There is a book. There is a Star Wars book that is, besides the whole Yuzong Vong series, which it's just none of them are good um in the original eu uh and i i even i hate to even say it but the crystal star is probably the worst of any of the extended universe novels for star wars so i found a mcintyre and the classical the the, the classic star wars characters Luke, Han, Lando, Leia, Chewie, are there in name only. None of them are consistent character-wise in terms of the way they talk, the decisions that they make, the choices that they make. All of them, that's, wait, Luke wouldn't do that. Han wouldn't say that. <laughs> hold on, wait, no, Lando wouldn't do that. Wait, wait, oh, okay, I'm done reading the book. I'm never going to read it again. <laughs> yeah, so it's one of those where, yeah, you know, when you drive past a terrible auto wreck, you have to keep going. You have to get to the other side. And uh, I hate to say that that the Crystal Star is like that, but because um, you know, I've I've had I had a chance to interview Vonda McIntyre once, and she's very gracious with her time, very nice, and you know. He, and she's but, written a lot of other better things. Yeah, and and I guess maybe my expectation was a little bit higher going into it because I had read her novelizations of Star Trek Two and Star Trek Three, and I thought they were fairly good. And you know, I've read some other stuff for you know other 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 you know examples of her work, and that one just for whatever reason, I don't know why, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, and and comparisons to the Last Jedi are not that far off. As far as as far as the lack of consistency with everything that had been established up until that point, because we had a few novels already on the shelves, and then this one comes out and goes completely sideways on everything. It just well, and there was it. certainly um, you saw a lot of that with Star Trek novels in the early days too with i mean you you lead out of the door with a novel that um i think um oh now i just do I, I the entropy effect the entropy effect yeah which i think a lot of people i mean to some level you can enjoy it but it's also there's a lot of things in it that are just so unexpected from the character you saw and i think what they tried yeah. to do is take the characters a certain point further down the line in their lives but there was always, it was always like we had just got them back in the movie form. Mm -hmm. And it was hard, even though we, it was time and has been established as passing by, right? There things had gone by. It didn't feel like that going into the book. And so the book does some, I think, some interesting story stuff. And I just don't think it quite works. And I know a lot of people didn't. There was, there was a fair amount of people going, this just isn't what I want. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of, it's an odd story. I mean, it's. And it's a Star Trek time travel story. <laughs> they do that a few times. Now, speaking of, of, you know, if you feel the urge for Star Trek, you know, you can stay away from Star Trek 5. You know, when you're, when you're binge watching the Star Trek movies, the yeah. original cast films, you can skip right over 5. You know, 3, 4, you know. Well, and I would say that given a choice between Star Trek The Motion Picture and Star Trek The Motion Picture Director's Cut... Oh, director's cut hands dump, down. Yeah, dump the original theatrical. Go for the director's cut because it's actually a finished film. Not to what mention Robert Wise wanted to have, and so. and Robert Wise has got a great commentary track. Yep, and it is 
you know, for all the fact that, you know, we don't get that, a lot of directors don't get the opportunity to finish their work mm. or to make the film that they actually wanted to make or fix the film that they weren't able to put out, you know, when it happened. It's really very cool that they actually got to. It's still not a terror, it's not a fast paced film by any stretch of the imagination, but the edit flows a lot cleaner. Oh, yeah. And it's I would definitely say that it's worth, it's worth better. checking out if you can find the director's cut. Um, I own it and I um, will definitely uh, watch it again and again. Now, we also heard that they're making a new version. Uh, we're getting a reboot remake of The Howling, which is one of the 1980s uh, werewolf movies. And there was a time where we had a bunch of werewolf movies out. And it was the 80s and 90s. We had a lot of werewolf films. It was kind of, you know, for some reason they didn't, you know, that sort of just died right out. Possibly because um, everything after the first Howling film was every single sequel. I think it's got like nine sequels. Watch, you can watch the first one, but stop right there. Just don't even bother going with the, with the sequels. I mean, there's just no point. From The Howling 2 on, it is just bad. And to make it worse, The Howling 2 has Christopher Lee. And so your temptation, the temptation is there. I know if you're a Christopher Lee fan, you see Christopher Lee and you think, I have no, you don't have to watch it. It's okay. But definitely stay away from howling whatever it was, the marsupials, because that's a movie. It's a real one of those. Yeah, it's. Now, that said, if you want to play a drinking game, you don't mind alcohol poisoning, um, then watch all the howling movies and just, I mean, they're they're bad werewolf films. Yeah. There's just no question. And the special effects, unfortunately, I mean, there was, you know, you, the American werewolf in London was, you know, really one of the high points of, of practical effects in terms of creature transformations. Mm -hmm. And, but the Howling films were definitely a lower budget, even from the beginning. Um, I've heard there's a possibility we're going to get a remake of Wolfen, which, uh, uh, I think I have heard something about that. And I'm not sure. Wolfen was another uh, werewolf film that actually... I actually kind of enjoy Wolfen, but it's a very different vibe. It's not... It's it's a lot more of a... It's less a horror film or more of a mood piece. Mm -hmm. It's hard to explain that film. Um, I mean, it's a werewolf movie, but it's also not your standard werewolf movie. So I, you know, I think that... It, I think it's... I think it's worth watching but it's also just a film that as long as you know going in that i mean it, it's an albert finney movie for one thing and albert finney was i mean you know i'm mad as hell and i'm not going to take it anywhere with, net, with network uh but gregory hines is in it edward james Olmos. um again fantastic cast but it is very much a it's not a standard horror movie um and you know, i, I kind of recommend it uh, because I kind of think it, I think it's an interesting film. I just don't know if it's a particular you know it's it's a, it's a your mileage may vary. You're, yeah. I don't you're not going to be scared by it. I'm I'm looking um, I'm looking for uh, a rev a book review that I did at one point, and I don't know that it survived the transition from the old website host site to here sure and i can't remember the name of it uh i i want to say the the word ash was in the title but it was uh it was a self-published book mm. and it was probably one of the worst stories i have ever read um there were t there were actually there were two there was one book that i got that had almost absolutely no punctuation in it whatsoever yeah i literally none i mean where did the sentences end where are the quotation marks oh my god oh, my eyes my eyes my eyes right right yeah and there was another one that i got that was also self-published that the prologue to the story to introduce, you know, well, here's why I wrote the story type, you know, the author's preface mm -hmm. outlines the entire story. Sure. Right. Yeah. Uh -huh. And it's what six, six or seven pages of here's the story. 
And I thought, okay, well, I've read my six or seven pages, and I don't need to read the rest of the book. The rest of the book. How dumb yeah, I was, uh, is that? When I was the uh, local sales liaison uh, as the marketing manager for the Borders bookstore, um, in the course of my 10 years with Borders, I did a lot of things for them. And, and the last few years, I was the marketing manager in my store. I was the liaison to the local author community. Mm. And so I read a lot of local authors' works and found very, very polite ways to say, I cannot sell your book because no one's going to buy your book. And I could not in good conscience recommend yeah. to another human being that they read your book. <laughs> um, and so it was all about finding the way to sit there and say, you know, please don't bring me any more of your books. It's uh, sad because, you know, you, you know, you know, they pour their heart and soul out into it. And some of them just don't have a, um, you know, no, I honestly, you know, guys, uh, the long before the whole patriarchy ar argument or, or humor factor played <laughs> in there, um, I was just about thinking of running in. If, if there was more time in our day, I would run over to my bookshelf and I would pull down the books I have about some really terrible detective fiction. And it was in the 70s, some guy actually published a couple, like two or three detective novels that had no punctuation. It was essentially one long run-on sentence. Oh. And it is, it hurts your brain. Uh. It hurts your brain. Because he did it on purpose. This was like an experiment that he was doing and people bought it. And, you know, it's, it's some incredibly just, I have a whole, there's, there's, the, here's a fun thing, and I know, I know this is this. Uh, I'll see if I can find these books, and I will. We can put them. They're not science fiction or horror or anything like that. They're they're genre fiction though. Yeah. They're mystery novels and detective novels. Stuff. But I've got a couple of great books on um, some of the worst detective fiction writing ever, <laughs> and I will happily uh, share that stuff with you because they are hysterical. Yeah. Uh, just I, examples of bad, bad writing. I found, I found the reviews and it's for both of those books that I just told you about. It would, uh, <laughs> the review I posted was January 7th of 2011. And I'm going to, I'm going to pull this up on the screen there. And, and I had it wrong. The two books are called Inferno by Todd Reamer and Extinction, the ultimate Holocaust by Dan Ailey. Now, Inferno, this is the one without the punctuation. So I'm, I'm going to read. Inferno is about a guy who escapes prison to search for his dead girlfriend, I think. I got to page 24 and had to put it down because it was moving slow and because author Todd Reimer does not know how to use quotation marks. No, scratch that. He doesn't use them at all. Entire conversations take place with no proper punctuation, and I just couldn't muster up the energy to work that hard. Thanks, Mr. Reimer, but you need to go back to English class. <laughs> that's that. I mean, one paragraph. That's what. That's the book. And then, um, when you get angry at the author over something like mechanics, story really doesn't matter one iota. Um, Extinction's full title is Extinction: The Ultimate Holocaust: The Plan to Exterminate Humanity. And this guy is a doctor. He's a retired university professor. It's his first novel. And he, 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 he tells, this is the one, five-page prologue, he lays out the entire right. plot of the book in the mm -hmm. prologue. So I'm like, okay, don't, don't um, have to read it now. So yeah. I, now here's, here's I, can re I can not recommend both the film and not recommend the book. Um, if you feel, if you sit there and go, you know, I, I feel like I must damage myself psychologically and, and morally and, uh, emotionally. And you feel like you want to do this and you decide you want to watch Battlefield Earth. Oh, don't, and don't <laughs> read the novel either. Um, because this is an example of the film was terrible, but I have some bad news. And my apologies to the Scientologists out there who enjoy such things. Um, it's a terrible, terrible novel. No. It's just a bad one. Um, it's, I mean, there's, L. Ron Hubbard was a lot of things, um, but I I'm, I'm, can never claim to be a fan of his writing. I was never, I, I've never enjoyed his stuff. So again, no. your mileage may vary if you enjoy stuff, all power to you, but I just think it's awful. 
uh, and cannot recommend it in any way, shape, or form. And unfortunately, not even it's not even just his science fiction. He wrote a lot. Of, he wrote a lot of westerns as well. Yeah, and they're just not good. I, I just there's a lot of better choices you could make for for science fiction and, and westerns and other genre stuff that you play. Now, I have heard from people who know better than I do that the Twilight books are better than the Twilight movies. So that's a um, having read the first Twilight book because again I got into, again well, I was a book yeah, at the time and I got an advanced reading copy yeah. right and so I read it and I thought this is a pretty mundane vampire novel and I'm not impressed and again you know it well, but I'm not really the target audience I wasn't the target audience at I don't know was like 25 27 something like that well even like, then you're not, you're not the target audience I'm not yeah I'm not the target audience so so and, and that's fine again if you folks enjoy, you know if you're enjoying these these things then again all power to you you know, we all have we all have the things that we love. I have a soft spot for Howard the Duck <laughs> because I was it was 1986. I was 16 years old Dang. when that movie came out, and it was you know, and I I went on a date with a high school girlfriend uh, to Howard the Duck. <laughs> that doesn't make it a good movie. It's a terrible movie. It's a fun and, movie though. That's that's the thing. Yeah, but it does. You know, it does, so many things just don't age well in that film. Everything from Jeffrey Jones being in it, you know, after kind of everything we learned, unfortunately, about him, and and but it, you know, Leah Thompson, Tim Robbins, Steven Spielberg mm. were involved with that movie. What? No, it was it was was that Lucas? Who? Uh, which one of them? Which one of them produced Howard the Duck? Was it Lucas? Or Spielberg? It was Lucas. Yeah, it was, it was George Lucas. Lucas. Yeah. yeah, he didn't direct it though. Um, no, no, he but, just uh, produced. Yeah, no, it's. Um, yeah, I, there's, there's, I can't, I can't recommend that film to anyone, but I'm always going to have a certain soft spot for it. Robert makes a point. Uh, he, he read Battlefield Earth before knowing about conspiracy theories. Even the guys at work discussed how this dude had strong ideas about banking corporations and societies that were weird. You could say that same thing of The Wizard of Oz, because the the story is that L. Frank Baum wrote this. You know, the wonderful Wizard of Oz originally as a metaphor against switching to the gold standard from the silver standard or something, I think. And and there's there's a lot apparently oh, and, yeah, I, and I haven't looked into a lot of it, but there's a there's a lot of metaphor for to to comment on well, the, the, in the first book. Yeah, in the first book. Beyond that, no, it's very much it uh, goes back. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, if Lucas had directed it, the, the dialogue would have been worse. That's all we can do. <laughs> so, no, and, and, and Mindy, um, you know, J.K. Rowling, one of the things that J.K. Rowling did really, really well, um, and I think that one of the reasons she has the fan base that she has, is that every book got more mature with the original audience. So, the, and they that. got longer, too, but, they, but the character, the, the, the maturity level of the writing... And that's actually a, a tip of the hat of her to her writing skill because every she did something that very few authors do, which is the books grew up with the original audience, mm-hmm. and that makes it a way for the folks who for the kids who come in to read it later um, can actually start with the first book and grow up with the books, which right. I think is I don't I have no I don't know that think this was actually planned. It was just a thing that happened, and I think it, it's one of the reasons the book series is so successful. And I think that's why it has the fan base that it has. Yeah, I I read all of the books. I think I checked out of the films at the. Pa- I have not seen the. La- I know I have not seen the last two. I think the last three, I have not seen. My dad and I so. used to go watch them. There was something we. Uh, it, it was just a. It was just a. Lark one time we were like we were, had gone home from. I think I'd. Well, I was still living in Wichita when the first one came out, I think, and we just were bored one day. And he's like, you know, I want to go to the movies. And there was like Harry Potter. Was, let's go, all right, let's go see that. <laughs> and so every year we actually went and saw, every year one came out, we went and saw the next one for, I think, the, well, we got to the fourth film together before I moved to Kansas City or something. And no. whatever whatever it was, it stopped. Um, and it was interesting because, of course, my dad, you know, a lot of my taste in movies comes from my father. The stuff that he raised me on, the creature features and the science fiction films and the and the westerns, the classic stuff, the you know, film noir movies and that sort of stuff. Um, 
but you know again not a genre movie um but he he called me we were just having those conversations you know just catching up he's like hey did you, did you see titanic <laughs> and i said yeah and he goes what do you think and i'm like ah, it was I said, it's it's historically inaccurate um the characters are terrible and the special effects are are dodgy <coughs> but the production design is great and he goes god that boat looked fake <laughs> well, <It was> like, <laughs> if you think of it as an alternate universe story where that that incident actually took place in, in the history of the boat, then you could make the argument that it's genre. But yeah, it's a terrible film. I went and saw it specifically for the just just to see the boat sink. I had absolutely no interest in the film at all. I had a friend of mine tell me, yeah, they spent a lot of money to make the boat sink. All the effects at the time were fairly impressive given where the technology sat for all of that. So, yeah, it doesn't hold up well, but at the time, I mean, it was pretty impressive. But Except, um, except for the long-distance shots, and that's really where that film breaks down is that if you get into the – you get into the long distance shot of the of the boat on the water yeah. it's very very fake looking yeah. now there's some really effective stuff in there but my problem with that movie was that the very basic premise that these two characters would get together <laughs> in the real world billy zane's character would have chucked him over the side of the boat and they would have sat there and said well, it's a poor person. We don't care. Yeah. And the, the story would have gone on and he would have gotten away with it, too, because if, of, of, you know. The, yeah. If you're going to do uh, if you're going to do an actual alternate that's better in that mm -hmm. particular type of, of thing, um, then I would say um, um, the Poseidon Adventure. The, the first. The first one. The original, the original one Adventure. with yeah. Gene Hackman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's. There was a remake. And it's funny, too, because Shelley Winters is in both of those movies. Yeah. yeah. Watch the first one. Watch the first one. Don't, don't, don't watch this no, movie. It's, it's, no, it's, it's, it's not worth your time. But it is an example of kind of your, you know, your basic disaster picture. And in some ways, Titanic is, is in that wheelhouse. I mean, yeah. it just happens to be based on a historical disaster. And, you know, again, if you enjoy Titanic, I know it's got a lot of fans. Uh, by all means, keep enjoying it. That's fine. Speaking of uh, Cameron, um, Avatar. Not impressed. Well, so dances with Smurfs is what I usually call it. You know, it, it is an example of a visual, a visually well imagined world. There's a lot of fantastic world crafting in that. The problem is, is that the villains are so stock industrial everything evil. it's evil I mean, corp. well it's it's, it's not just that it's not just that it's we've seen every single story beat in that film we've seen before in other films that did it right. better yeah and it's just I mean, contrived it, from the beginning to the end it's it's but all visually it's, i mean it is a visually impressive movie yeah it's pretty um, it's pretty and and you know that's not always a compliment. Um, but in this case, it is, in fact, a very pretty film. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you ever see Supernova? No. Angela Bassett and Lou Diamond Phillips and James Spader. And um, it is, it's an, it's an example of a film that was butchered in the writing and butchered in the filmmaking and then butchered in the edit. Yeah. So all the way around, it was just a disaster. Uh, Walter Hill directed it, and uh, it bombed. Uh, Robin Tunney was in it. Bombed at the box office. Um, it is a it's a stock science fiction. Uh, a thing is discovered, and it takes someone over, and things go awry. Mm -hmm. um, the only the only thing you can say about that film is uh, Angela Bassett is great in it. Uh, she's like so many other times, she rises above her uh, material. Yeah. And uh, James Spader does a halfway decent science fiction hero. Um, it was 2000. So, of course, he was still in the, it was in that time period where you could get Stargate and, and Supernova in the same, you know, general vicinity. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, 
no, don't don't watch it. Don't, no. don't. if you if you need to watch a science fiction film um, with James Spader, like I said, Stargate. Stargate. Do Stargate. Yeah. Um, if you need uh, to watch um, any other film, uh, watch it instead of Supernova. Um, it's just not good. And and Robert, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to to for a little a little self restraint, please. Um, the the other one, wasn't Angela Bassett in another science fiction film around that time? Hasn't she been in more than one? I mean, not counting um, not counting Green Green Lantern, but um, I mean, I guess Green Lantern could be on our list of things to avoid. Um, well, try try not to cram, try not to cram so much world, so much storyline into one movie, guys. Take your time, build a world with it. Yeah, um, yeah Angela yeah. Bassett was in. Um, oh no, and I and actually, I really really love the movie too. Uh, Strange Days. Yeah, that's what she it is was. so that's good in thinking. Strange Days. By the way, guys, if you have not seen Strange Days, Ray Fiennes, Angela Bassett, uh, it is a very 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 good five minutes into the future, 20 minutes into the future science fiction film. It mm. came out in uh, 95 and it was set in 1999, 1999 turning over to 2000. Um, and it's basically a science fiction film noir. So, I mean, part of that comes out of the fact that I just love that kind of genre, but it was, it was an example of terrible ad campaign. The ad, you can find the trailer on YouTube. It's awful. It is a legitimately, it's like, this has nothing to do with them. It literally has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah. Um, it has it has a bit of dialogue and Ray Fiennes looking right into the camera and it doesn't tell you anything about the film. It's really good. Um, and it's another film with, a, with just a really fantastic cast, but they got it right. Catherine Bigelow directed it. Um, Juliet Lewis is in it. Tom Sizemore, Vincent D'Onofrio, Michael Wincott, of course, who was the villain in The Crow. Um, and Angela Bassett is just great in that film. She's one of it's it's one of the first films where I sat there and looked at her and went, "She's amazing." And because I, I mean, I, I I knew I knew of her work from other stuff, but it's I had not really been a huge fan of, of her stuff just in general. Yeah, just wasn't you know. Um, but that was one of the films I'm like, okay, I I have to pay attention when she's in a movie, right? Because she's good. So we're getting we're getting down to our hour. We have, mm -hmm. we have two minutes and 40 seconds left, but I wanted to do this real quick. I, we got our passes. We had our press passes to Consolation 2020 today. Um, <laughs> the, this is this is so much fun. They're over. Uh, have they hit 30,000? 30,000 members in the Facebook group. Um, I, I highly recommend checking out that canceled con that nobody has ever attended it is a lot of fun they're they're having a they're having a blast in there um and of course uh if you uh, they they have uh some merch that they're selling as a fundraiser for different charities so uh they'll they'll pick different charities throughout the throughout the country and have done that so 30,411 30, members in there already um, and speaking of merch, if you want to, to throw us a bone, uh, you can use our discount code 10% off when you type in sci-fi for me 10 and the promo code field when you check out. And uh, we've mentioned that we've got plans and schemes that are in the works. We're having discussions. If you want to help us out uh, in other ways besides just uh, subscribing to the channel and sharing the link and that sort of thing, um, we do have a, an account over at Subscribestar. You can support us that way. And uh, by all means, uh, give us a thumbs up, share the link with your friends and, and your social media networks and uh, tell other people about us and Hopefully, one of these days we will hit 1,500 subscribers. Although I'm I'm told now with YouTube's algorithm playing the way it is, it's not really so much a numbers game as it is an engagement game. Or you know, the longer videos do better than the shorter videos, and the shorter videos do better than the longer videos. And it's just it's just time to it's time to look at alternatives. I think so. Anyway. There we are. Yep. 
But hey, you know, again, there's a lot of great stuff in, out there. Yep. Uh, and some bad stuff too. So enjoy and enjoy the films you watch. Have some fun. Yeah, and and if you want to give us your recommendations on f- stories to avoid, whether it's books, TVs, movies, uh, you can leave us a comment or send us an email, and we will be back uh, to do this next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks for watching, folks. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.